Hi, this is Mario Andretti. Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Bobby Eaton. Craig Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1 podcast. Driven. Driven. Driven, driven by fans. For fans. Hello and welcome and Happy New Year. This is the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. And alongside me, for your first podcast of the year, we do have Kiara. Hi, Kiara. How are you? Tired. Full of coffee. <laughs> Tired and full of coffee. What have you been up to recently? I'm coming to the end of my, well, in Germany, we say our bachelor semester. Right. So I'm in my final semester. Well, the final week of my final semester. So on Friday, I hand in my thesis and then I can burn everything afterwards. Exciting times. And did you have a nice Christmas and New Year? No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you drank. I did, but I was working on my thesis defense, which happened after New Year's. So I really didn't party that much. Well, you did too much of it last season. That's probably why. <laughs> probably. <Fair enough. laughs> so you you parted enough for the, for for twenty twenty three anyway. Um, also alongside us, we've got Hamish. Hi, Hamish. How are you? How was your Christmas, New Year, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I, I'm good. But so I'm tired, but not full of coffee. Yeah, I'm. It's it's been. Yeah, yeah. Christmas is a good fun. New Year's is also good. I had a bit of partying on New Year's. We saw it's lovely, but I had to start a new job as well. So just sinking my teeth into that, really, which is great. It's a it's a journalism job, so really enjoying it. You know, being able to yeah write for a living. Nothing better than that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you'll be writing for us as well for yeah. free because uh, we don't pay. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Those are two faces that you've probably seen before if you've tuned into the podcast. But we have also got a brand spanking newbie from across the pond. It's McKenna. Hi, McKenna. How are you? Good, good. Doing well. Happy to be here. Great. And did you have a nice Christmas and New Year over there? I did. It went by quickly. Unlike Hamish, I was in bed and asleep by 10 p.m. on New Year's Eve. So I uh, didn't have too much exciting stuff going on. <laughs> Do you know what? The first year this year that I've stayed up until like three, four o'clock with the alcohol and my friends. So I usually work on one of the days. So therefore, I haven't had that ability for the last seven years. So, yeah, I had a bit of a mad one, actually. And I'm the oldest here on the team uh, today. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've put you youngins to shame. Um, McHenry, you're our brand spanking new to the Everything F1 team. Can you tell us what you're going to be doing uh, for Everything F1? And again, you know, what's your experience of Formula One? Yeah, hopefully doing a lot of content creation, a lot of TikTok and, and Instagram involvement with the social media pertaining to some Formula One stuff, a lot of Formula E and IndyCar. Didn't really watch much Formula One or know much about motorsport in general until March last year, where many Americans, I watched Drive to Survive on Netflix and quickly binged that series and then continued to learn more about the sport, listening to other podcasts and watching other documentaries and just fell head over heels for the sport. And now, you know, IndyCar, Formula One and Formula E are something that I, you know, read articles about just about every day so hoping to be involved in podcasts and you know a lot of content creation so super excited to be a part of the team i can't help but notice that you've got a still i rise wall plaque behind your head 
Yes. And what's very ironic is that I actually bought this plaque like years ago before I even watched Formula One. And so obviously learning more about F1, I was like, wow, this is this worked out perfectly. So I have a, a small growing Formula One shrine. My husband got me a Charles Leclerc uh, plaque signed photo for Christmas. So he, he did well on that one. So it's, it's a growing IndyCar F1 shrine back here. So yeah. So uh, are you a, does it fall in line? Are you a Lewis Hamilton fan or are you, you, you mentioned Charles Leclerc or are you a Ferrari fan or, or just a general fan altogether? Yes, I, I would lean more towards Ferrari. Charles is my, my favorite driver. So Kiara and I can bond on depressing Ferrari episodes, but I do enjoy Lewis. I think he's a great person off track, a lot of involvement. And obviously I think he's done a lot for the sport and has been a part of the sport for a really long time. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Anyway, we're, we're looking forward to hearing your opinions. It's great to have uh, a new, fresh perspective on things. And hopefully you can bring that into the season uh, and share your ideas on on hopefully races and, you know, all, all that sort of thing uh, as the season progresses. So thank you very much for joining the team. Um, we are Everything F1. You can find us on all our social platforms. We are on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Threads. Threads is what Kiara is on probably hourly checking and typing stuff and getting involved so if you if you're new to that we are also new to that but if you're talking to somebody on there from the everything f1 team it most likely is kiara so just say hey over there as well and make sure you follow us on all socials we're also on our website www.everythingf1.com again news articles on a daily basis throughout the season it's a little bit sparse at the moment that's just because obviously there's not very much news going on uh, a few news news articles that we can discuss uh, through this podcast today we are also sponsored by the raceworks.com they're a fantastic merchandise provider they'll get you merchandise from all teams across the grid uh, and you can get an extra special discount of 10 percent by using the discount code ef1 at checkout go and check them out they're really top guys uh, and you can get all the official merch sent across the whole world uh, and you can pretty much get it delivered within a week even if you're over there in new zealand australia and the united states too Let's talk about a couple of the news articles that we have had over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the one that I want to discuss is an Italian guy with a very German accent, Gunter Steiner. Let's talk about Gunter Steiner. He has been given the boot by Gene Haas of Haas F1 team. What do we think? Was that a right idea? Was it a bad idea? Was it inevitable with the results that they, ha they have been having over the last season? I'm going to head over to let's 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 hear Hamish's opinion on this. Gunter Steiner, were you shocked to see that news break last week? I was shocked, but at the same time, when I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, it kind of makes sense." I've never been a big Gunther fan, even with all the Drive Survive stuff. I've never been his biggest. I think I, I sat on the boat with what a lot of people say about him, and his probably his biggest criticism is he's very much made himself a figure on Drive Survive and in the paddock, but he never shows any results. You know, I felt like he had a Absolutely. shelf life. And I thought, I thought to be honest with you, it had it had gone a long time ago. Like his expiration date, he was old. You know, he needs to basically. He was he was you know he wasn't good enough to do the job. But yeah, so I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, but I don't know what uh, Gene Hans wants to do now. That's my next question, which is it's all good and you know it's all good to get rid of G. Uh, sorry, Gunther, and you know start that start uh, making a Hans better team. But there's, there seems to be no plan to back that as of now. And for me, it just seems like he's in the sport to make money. You know, I don't think getting rid of Gunther is part of the plan to make has a great team. So, yeah, we'll see what happens next. But I'm a bit sad that has gone, but I'm um, probably deserved. 
Yeah, do you know what? I, I completely agree with you. He made himself to just too much of a meme king rather than a a, a boss. He, he he wasn't leading the team in the direction that they required. I, I completely agree with Gene in this this circumstance. I know lots of people are going to say, no, Gunter Steiner was a great character. But great characters don't, unfortunately, run great race teams. His replacement was the technical director. Is it technical director? Was it the technical director? The technical director of the team? Yeah, was it, it was, wasn't it? Ayakamatsu. A- so he's Ayao. Ayao. Yeah, Ayao. Ayao. I'm going to have to learn that one. So Ayao Ayao Kamatsu Kamatsu has joined the team as a team principal. You can laugh at me, Kiara. I'm an Englishman through and through. I'm crap with the accents and the crap with the other languages. Yeah, it's we're lazy over here in in the UK. So I apologise about my pronunciation. I will, I promise you, learn it as the season progresses. But he is hinting himself at uh, targets set after Gunter Steiner uh, has left. He's hinted at he wants the 24 uh, Constructors Championship. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll see about that. I, just, I don't understand why, because clearly the issue it has is internal, right? It's not like me, like the reason they're 10th or, you know, always at the bottom of the pack is because like internally the team doesn't work. So they should have hired someone externally to fix the team. So the fact they've gone for, you know, the second command, I'm like, well, that's not going to fix your issues because he's clearly part of the issue. Mm. You know? So I, yeah, I wish him all the best and I, he might surprise me. But I don't think he's going to, you know, be much more successful than than Gunther was. He might be more quiet, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's, a, it's a weird decision. I, I just think Gene's going to sell after Andretti so as soon as he gets the opportunity to. Because I think like, yeah, I don't know. I'm very cynical about has. I just don't understand why they're in the sport, really. Kiara, what's your thoughts on the Gunther Steiner sacking and the hiring of his second in command? I have very mixed feelings about this because there's only a certain number of German people in motorsports as of right now, and I can count them. But he's Italian anyway, technically. I know, but you can hear his German accent, and my dad always says that makes you the most German person you can be. Yeah, he's definitely the most German-sounding Italian I've ever heard. Come on, like, please, even even his name, like, all of you pronounce it so English, but if you really want the real pronunciation, it's Gunther Steiner. There you go. Like, that's his name. Like, where's my name's Italian? There you go. And Gunther Steiner is like the most German thing you can have. Yeah, we won't go in. We won't go into the war uh, and how that affected Italian and German uh, (laughs) relations. But yeah, there's there's a link. But your but, your thoughts on it was it was it yeah. a good move from Gene bad move are you gutted to see the 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 meme king disappear I just want to see what they're gonna do marketing wise because Gunther was very marketable in that sense like the fans love him and I think uh, Hamish is right in the sense that maybe they should have gotten rid of him earlier and I my first initial thought was like it it wasn't oh no Gunther it was when did Gene start caring. that's what my whole like motive was out of the whole entire thing like why is gene all of a sudden taking an interest in his team when i didn't feel that throughout Haas's time in formula one so that was my question it i Mm. didn't i couldn't really care much for gunter in that sense i was just interested in what was going on with Haas in general Mm. yeah i i I agree with that i mean it does sound weird he he's he has admitted that it's just worth him staying in F1 for the marketing, the you know, benefits of being in F1. You know, it, it, the team, he doesn't have to dip into his own funds now once he's now he's initially set it up. It self-runs and it's a massive advert for him. But Gunter was always on about wanting more money to drive it. And, you know, but 
you know, the, the, these are the things, these are these are the politics that go into the back uh, of the F1 world. And how are you finding it, McKenna? You know, as a Drive to Survive fan, he was one of the main characters of Drive to Survive. Are you going to miss his face on the show? I think a little bit. And I think it was a, a bit surprising. I think it made a little bit more sense once we learned that his, you know, the contract just didn't renew. It wasn't like a, a full on sack, you know, get out. I think the way that it was done, probably not the best, not him being able to say goodbye to everyone at the factory and, you know, thank, you know, yeah, the whole team for, yeah, for being there for so long. I think it can be a really good thing. It seems like the root of the problems with Haas in general is money. And it sounds like Gunther's biggest complaint was Gene was not putting the money where it needed to be. And that was in the car. I mean, I, gosh, I can't remember where, I don't know if it was a video or article that I read where, you know, the, the pit stop team was practicing pit stops in, in 2022 and they were, the, the team was using 2016, you know, tools. And it was like, how can we get a fast pit stop when we are using, you know, five, six, seven year old tools. So I don't really know if, you know, Komatsu is going to be able to make one a big change within a year, but also if Gene's not going to give them the proper funding, I, I don't know if we're going to see a big difference in into the marketing side. I mean, yes, there are Kevin and Nico fans out there, but I think Gunther was the face of the team. I personally didn't really identify with Haas as being an American team, even though Gene is American. I think there are some DTS fans that you know like Haas just because they were the face of Dryder Sofia for a really long time. Now, if Andretti if Andretti comes in, I think that would be a really good thing, especially for Americans, and that would be, you know, I would definitely identify with Andretti and rooting for them. But I just, yeah, I think there's just a lot of missing links in Haas. And I don't think even in the next couple of years, things are going to change if money doesn't get applied properly. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you, what you're saying there. Um, we've had a, a, a comment on the Facebook and I don't want to butcher your name, so I will apologize. I'm just going to use your first name. Uh, Munir, you've said the main problem with Haas is the the Hats team is car development. I think they should change the whole development team and get new people in with fresh ideas. Completely agree with that, actually. Like like Hamish was saying himself, it, it, you're just changing the figurehead. It's not necessarily somebody who affects the engineering side and the, and the development. And because they they start the year fairly decently, they they did. They had an okay start to last year and even the year before. And then they just completely drop off. They don't develop. They don't. You know. They don't keep up with the the big boys uh, and then AIO coming in and saying that you know they're going to have the constructors championship this year i suppose you can set your targets on something you've got to set your target somewhere but uh, maybe set your sights a little bit lower so you don't disappoint gene has too much too early and too soon but yeah what's everyone else's opinion please let us know in the comments uh, what your thoughts on the whole gunter steiner au revoir see you see you later situation uh, any other comments that you want to add to the Haas team? Hamish, you got any other thoughts on that? No, I, I completely agree with Manir. I think it's, 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 it's a, for me, it's a bit of a sinking ship, I think, with Haas. I think they're, they're just in it for the money. I think this is the issue with things like the Concord Agreement, which all in all, they're a great idea for the sport initially because it secures that we are going to have 10 teams in the future. The issue is we can't get more teams in because those 10 teams have agreed to share the pot in a certain way. So they block other teams entering. And if you're going to have a team like Haas sat at the back of the grid, knowing that they're going to earn a certain amount of money, but don't have to actually compete, they can just earn a minimum amount, then what's the point of having them? You know, because F1 ultimately is a sport. And, you know, if we all, it's a bit like American sports, like NFL and things like this, in the way that there's no re relegation. They all just sit there. And it's, I don't want F1 to be the same thing, which is, you know, you just sit there and you, you see the same order every year and year and year. You know, you have to have teams competing. And, you know, it's a shame that teams like Andretti and I think Rodin at some point had a bid. You know, all these people that have been interested in Formula One, 
can't enter because of the Concord Agreement, the complications of it, but has able to sit there and do nothing. I, I, I just I just disagree with that. But, you know, I think it's good we we stopped that virgin manner that happened in late, so early 2010s. But yeah, I don't know. It's very complicated. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I, as I said, a bit cynical with Haas, but yeah. Yeah, I I don't know that Andretti would buy Haas. Uh, well, I don't think Gene would sell, to be honest with you. I think, uh, as I say, Gene is happy to let it run itself. It's funding itself and the budget cap means they can get close to the budget and run the team without interfering with his wallet too much. And it, it just generates revenue for the advertising part of it. So I don't think Gene would sell. I think he's pretty much said that that's straight, that it wouldn't happen. But I do agree that Andretti and the... Was it, what did you say it was Prima? Was it Prima again? Or... Oh, maybe Prima. I said Rodin, but it might be. Uh, Rodin. It might. It, yeah. it was. It was one of the. It was one of the young. The F two uh, yeah. teams. It was either Prima or Rodin or one of the teams that, that, that have made a bid to to come in. I I hope they come in. So it gives us extra seats for drivers, uh, and again some more just excitement on the on the grid. We you know we we need more teams. I used to love it when you used to see you know twenty twenty six twenty twenty eight cars on the grid. Fantastic. Yeah, I've been a fan that long. It was a while ago now. Okay, let's move on to another topic that's kind of plagued the off season and that's f1 team names and how bad people are or teams are at coming up with a new name for their teams we had alfa romeo having to change their name because they're losing alfa romeo that's this the salba team that are going to have to lose the alfa romeo branding so they came up with a, a few different things early on didn't they was it what was it, it was stake f1 no the stake F1 is what they were, what, what they are now. Stake F1 is what they was, are now. Um, Kick Sauber F1. Kick Sauber F1 stake. Yeah, T. Yeah, it was. They they'd thrown everything into everything in the kitchen sink into there, and it just <laughs> sounded absolutely ridiculous. I don't even think the fans have have really taken to stake F1 team, but at least I think it at least rolls off the tongue a little bit easier than Kick Sauber stake F1 team. But I like Kick Sauber. It was fun to say, but like stake F1. Yeah, but it sounded like you were like, no, you were giving them the boot. That's, that's is, is, funny. Is, is, bit. The negative connotations. But to like that, that isn't is it? the funny bit. I, I put money on Brundle entering and just calling him Salba from like day <laughs> <laughs> to him that he like it's. I think it's always funny, which is like when you have these sponsorship names and they just call it whatever it was before. So I, I doubt. Yeah, it's all a bit stupid, but I doubt everyone. You know, I doubt anyone will call it anything but Salba. Yeah, it's going to be known as Sal, but sorry, I'm I'm having to mute myself because I feel like the roof of my garage is going to be blown off and I'm going to be here just screaming with this tornado going above my head. So I apologise. I do record this in the garage and it's very, very windy in England at the moment. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm taking a bombardment of wind. I apologise. If you hear it over the, over the recording, I'll try and edit that out for the listeners tomorrow on the podcast. But yeah, Stake F1 team is better than the Kick Sauber Stake F1 team in my mind. But I, I'd much rather just call it Salba. I don't know what's wrong with Salba. Salba, steak, Salba team? I don't, I don't know. Medium rare steak. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the so, so many steak memes going, going across the socials at the moment. Um, yeah, that wasn't the worst name that we've had, though, over the the off-season. Now, Alfa Romeo, Alfa, not Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri have also pledged to, to change their name and we've had a few different iterations last late last year it was going to be boss balls that was heavily criticized because of the hugo boss link or, or potential hugo boss link now they came back with the visa cash app rb team 
I mean, to be fair to them, I mean, Red Bull is, we're used to Red Bull, but Red Bull itself is a energy drink, isn't it? So we, we, we can't criticize them too much putting the product first because that's what they do with their main team. Uh, and their main sponsor is now going to be Visa Cash App. So they're just following the same format, but it just doesn't sound great, does it? Visa, it could be the, it's just Visa Cash App RB. What are we expecting? Is it going to be Racing Bulls or is it going to be Visa Cash App Red Bull? Racing bulls. <laughs> racing, racing bulls, bulls yeah. yeah. Racing bulls. Bring back Torroso. That's oh, all you got to do. Yeah, it's really not rocket science. It's just like everyone liked it, and it took you know them a while to even start using Alpha Tauri because I feel like the commentators use you know Torroso is just so easy and flows off the tongue, but. Apparently, you just got to get creative. And I mean, in the sense that it's doing us them a favor, you know, we're talking about it. Everyone's talking about it on social media. So, you know, maybe that's part of the marketing ploy is you know, it's almost so bad that we just want to talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm with Toroso. Like, it, it, for me, it gave heritage to the team. It's an Italian team. And the fact it was cool that made it feel Italian. Now it just feels like it could be anywhere. Do you know? And I think actually, like, the U- there's so many teams based in the UK now. Giving heritage to, like, Ferrari do, I guess, with Italy. You know, saying, look, we're not based in the UK. We are Italian and we're proud of that. I think that's something that's really good. And that's why I always love Toro Rosso. And they always felt a bit like an underdog as Toro Rosso, you know? And I, I honestly think they're some of the best liveries in F1. I used to love some of their old liveries. So, yeah. Anyway, I think it's now. I'm also confused why, because I get Visa as a company. Why are they adding cash app? If it was Visa, Red Racing Bulls, whatever it is, it'd be fine. That cash app so grim. I don't quite understand that either. Um, Just money, security. money, money, money. Yeah, but like, isn't cash app an American thing? I don't Just know. Just as a curiosity. I don't know if it's an American brand, but, you know, it's an app that... Do you guys use cash app? Like, is that something no. that you're familiar with? No? Okay. Because, I mean, I think we use it here, but it's not nothing that I use, but I know what it is. So that's interesting that it's what not... Is it? It's catering to the American audience. I think it's like similar to like Venmo or other apps that you can just pay, you know, upload your account information and, you so know, pay PayPal. people, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's similar. I think now I could, yeah. everyone listening could be screaming and saying she's wrong. Love the cultural difference. See, we use yeah. PayPal or if I'm yeah. in the UK, I use Revolut, like. Okay, yeah, I've never. Those heard are of the that. two things. So Revolut is like an yeah. online bank account, and then you can you, you can always change the currency depending on where you are. So that makes my life much easier. See, Clarissa on Facebook just said Cash App is similar to Venmo and PayPal. I know Clarissa okay. personally, and she's in the U.S. She's in Boston. Okay, okay. And I remember because she was the only one who we couldn't PayPal present money to when we got like someone a present. Like, so you had to visa cash app her. To... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does no, say we have to up. switch from Revolut and send it to someone else in the US who still has an English bank account so that they could transfer it via Venmo. I think. It does say on Google mobile payment service available for United States and United Kingdom. So it's, oh, it's so we can use it. Branch, so we branching can overseas. It. Yep. This is an ad. This is sponsored by Cash App. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, Cash App, if you want to send us some money for saying your name <laughs> yeah. so many times on this podcast, feel free. We I don't mind. Heard we're, we're changing our full name to Visa Cash App Everything F1. <laughs> don't forget the race works. Yeah. 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 Oh, the race works Visa Cash App Everything F1 is our official title for now. Yeah. <laughs> almost as bad as aston martins last year uh, or the year before oh, yeah. was oh, it co- yeah. cognizant aston aramco 
Aramco, Aston Martin, Formula One team. Yeah, it was it was a mouthful. But yeah, so team teams are just ha- not having a great deal of fun uh, naming themselves when they've been on the off season. There's been a few jibes and lots of memes floating around uh, about those. But again, nothing's been confirmed with this Visa Visa Cash app RB team. So we will wait for the official name. Uh, when it is released. But I do believe that that is probably going to be what it is. Um, So don't expect anything different. Uh, Another topic that we need to discuss today is McLaren. McLaren came out of the the gates really quickly this year, you know, pretty much a couple couple of days into the new year, and they released their livery for the 2024 car. And it looks, well, I'm probably a little bit biased because, as you know, I'm I'm a McLaren fan. But I think it looks absolutely fantastic. They've gone away from the blue that they had previous years with the with the papaya with the papaya color, and it's black and papaya. And again, a very slightly different design in terms of where that papaya color is. I think it looks really, really, really nice. I, I really enjoy it. I don't think I'm in the majority here because I've got Kiara pulling a funny face about the McLaren livery. What what were your thoughts on it? I was quite disappointed with it. I think I made a TikTok about this. I said that oh, I thought it would be cool if it was like all black with a tiny bit of orange detailing, like papaya detailing on it. But I thought it just looks the same as last season a bit. I expected something huge after, you know, archiving 12 years worth of social media posts. And know, McKenna, you feel the same way because you commented on that TikTok. <laughs> I know. I I think it what I think a lot of people were saying it looked similar to like their stealth livery. I'm I'm glad they went away from the blue because I feel like they can come and make that like a special livery for you know one of the races. But I did read somewhere that they were predicting that maybe a lot of the teams are going to start using black a lot more because I think at one point Mercedes had said that they use that all black livery to take away some weight. And so I think it was like this prediction of like, Hey, maybe we're going to see a lot more black on a lot of these, you know, other teams, but yeah, I think it was a little, I think it still looks good. I think it's a little underwhelming, but, and I'm a big fan of the papaya. So even if it was like almost all orange, I think I would have liked it too, but it should be interesting to see and compare them to their Aero McLaren cars as well in IndyCar too. Yeah. Hey, Mish, what were your thoughts on the papaya? I'm going to agree with you, Tiller. I really liked it. I thought it was, I saw a really interesting view that said it's basically a combination of their stealth Singapore livery. And mm. so their three... Uh, what was it? I can't what they call it, like the three car livery they had for Monaco that was celebrating like their sixth anniversary. Yeah. Um, honestly, I thought it was good. I thought it, I think it looks really smooth. I think it looks clean. I'm glad they got the blue. It's not complicated. I think there's a thing with McLaren where they think, oh, let's just shove every color on the car and see if it works. And when you're going for papaya, it's such a strong color anyway. It's so hard to find a color that works with that. So from that two tone block colors bang on it do you know i was a bit disappointed because because it was so i i had nothing about it and i was in the office so when mcleod dropped the new livery i was like oh yeah okay and then they said to me as i was trying to find it they're like oh it's chrome and i went a bit mental i was like oh my god a chrome car and i like, opened up and it was like where, where the hell's the chrome what where's the chrome about? and it was like do you not see Aww. it on the before and i was like you're taking the you're taking the piss if you're calling that <laughs> like chrome like i do think that's <laughs> going to be an issue because I think the numbers are such a good way to see that who's the driver is. And I think with Chrome on the car, that's going to be so invisible later in the season. But I think, yeah, I, I like it either way. Yeah. Yep. I'll I think it looks great. I'll take a picture for you when I'm there. I'll just be like, there's your Chrome. It's like a child <laughs> who, find, who finds out that Santa isn't like real. 
What are you? Oh, what? Disappointing. What? Santa is very real. How dare you? <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on. Just in case there's any kids watching. Yeah, I know I like the McLaren livery. I can't wait to the uh, we, we get to see some of the merch because uh, I'm going to phone my friend at the Raceworks and try and get a few freebies. So yeah, I like the merch and I think it's going to look great. And I'm going to hopefully be sporting at least a cap on a later podcast because I think it looks absolutely fa- absolutely fantastic. Right. So moving on to the next topic that we've noted down that we were going to discuss: expectations of the season. As a newbie, McKenna, we'll go to you first because I probably know sort of what what Kiara and Hamish might say. Uh, but let's get you a, a fresh perspective. What are your expectations for the 2024 season? Yeah, this being, you know, my first off season and, you know, reading all these articles about everyone, you know, not necessarily hyping up their car, but, oh, yeah, we found, you know, extra seconds here and, and the development's coming along and our test drivers are giving us good feedback. And I don't know, I think... I, I truly have a hard time believing Red Bull is going to fall off the wagon. I think in realistic terms, I think Max is going to win again and Red Bull will be dominant. I, I, in hopes that I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they were this past year, but I just, I have a really hard time thinking Red Bull is going to change that much. And I, th- I think there's going to be a, a bigger dogfight between, you know, McLaren, Mercedes and Ferrari for that second constructors title or second place title. I don't know. I, I would love to be in my land of delusion and, and hope that Ferrari, you know, Kiara and I can pull through and, and hope that, you know, the Charles <laughs> and Carlos stand on the podium frequently. But I just I just have such a hard time thinking that Red Bull is going to fall off. And you're only a one season, a one season F1 fan. And you've. you've yes, I haven't. Delusion. I haven't seen haven't anyone. Seen the... w- I haven't seen a Charles win. I haven't seen a Lewis <laughs> Hamilton win. I just saw my first Lewis Hamilton poll this year. You know, I'm like this, this stuff, like, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Like, you guys watch races and Max doesn't win, you know, 19 out of them or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's fun for me now to going back and watching other seasons and other races and be like, wow, this is like, you know, really cool racing. But yeah, this is all just based off of, you know, almost a full season of of formula one so yeah so you haven't had the 16 years of pain that kiara probably has not not yet yeah it's still fresh yeah so that's <laughs> well, why i may have a little bit of races to watch i feel like we could like discuss <laughs> historical idea. races that she needs yeah, to that'd like, be look fun. back upon yeah have, okay. have you got have you got the f1 tv app i do yeah yeah, yeah. you can look through the history yeah well that, that's what we'll do actually everyone in the comments let's comment some races that we want mckenna to watch some great races from the last you know well, the whole the whole of F1 history. Give us some that Ferrari do well in. Maybe if you wanted <laughs> like to see a, a few seasons, why don't you pick 2000 to 2005? Ferrari did an absolutely fantastic job around then. You pretty I much. I was five. All right, all right. I was nineteen or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but there's there's plenty of great races in history. Right. But so in the comments, I want you to all suggest something that that McKenna should go and watch now. She's got plenty of time before the season starts to catch up on some some great history. I think you should go and watch the Canadian Grand Prix from 2011. That's as long as you've got. Yeah, as long as you've got. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as long as you've got four hours to spare. It's a long one. Monaco, you can fast forward like... through the red flags. <laughs> That, well, that's, that's part of the fun, actually, listening to the conversation. You've got to sit and watch the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Okay, I, 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 I take that back. You have to watch the red flags. And Noted. Listen to, listen, to the, listen to presenters that have to fill the air with absolute <laughs> rubbish for... 
45 minutes to an hour at a time and they're just talking about oh yeah what did you God. have for dinner you know yeah I think, yeah I think you should also go and watch the 2021 belgian grand prix absolute classic you know best yeah. racing i was ever seen yeah and don't fast forward any of that red flag either yeah, yeah. yeah the red flag makes it really that yeah. was the race yeah. <laughs> i want you to watch every single raindrop uh, yeah. the <laughs> so the Keith and team got the fastest lap of the race. That was <laughs> You really love Nikita. I think I should set up Hamish and Nikita on a date yeah, at mate, some point. Besties, Ooh. So me, me and Nikita are, you know, besties. We got we share a text all the time. Me, me. I'll lock I'll lock you both in the room and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll go very well together anyway. Well, it's good to see your expectations of the, and hear your expectations of the season as a, as a fresh pair of eyes. Let's go to one of the old school fans for that's been a fan for a while. Hamish, what do you think? Uh, are your expectations of the twenty twenty four season? I think I think it's got to be more interesting. I don't think anyone. I think we're seeing a very similar. If I, I think the era in emulates that Sebastian Vettel period, Red Bull. I don't think anyone's going to beat. Uh, sorry, Max. I'm going to say Vettel then. I don't think anyone's going to beat Max into this season again. But I do have high hopes that McLaren will start strong and also Mercedes will do something. Because let's be real here, Mercedes last year, just they, you know, they doubled down on what they did in 2022 and it just did not work. And I feel yeah. like they went this year, okay, this is not working. We need to change. And the moment they did that, they actually came a bit more competitive here and there. And I do think over the winter break, I, I, I do have faith Mercedes can pull it back. And I'm not saying they're going to win, but they might be able to challenge some race wins. You know, Russell and Hamilton, it's a really good driving pair. Yeah, I, I have high expectations for Mercedes this year. I think if, if they don't perform, then I think that's going to be a massive disappointment for them because, you know, it's, you can't have three years on the trot not winning with, with the caliber you have as a team, I don't think. But Ferrari, <laughs> always have low expectations for Ferrari. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be behind McLaren, to be honest with you. If, if they can nail it, I do think McLaren will be ahead of them. I think they're going to be playing catch up. A little bit, yeah. I think Aston Martin. What do, what do you think about those? Uh, they came. They came out the the blocks very quickly at the start of the start of the year last year. I think like this. This is like at least the last couple of years. This has been this preseason bit is always my favorite because the bit before your expectations get absolutely crushed. And I think like I really do hope like I. You, this is what lovely. That's, this is what's lovely off the back end of 2023 is I'm sat here now going. I actually think all these teams could really well perform, you know. And I think like yeah, okay. Max probably going to win the season, fine. But there might be a really good fight in between that, you know, between Aston Martin, Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, uh, McLaren yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where the teams fall out. But ultimately, I think at the top, it's going to be Red Bull. I think behind that, Mercedes. Then McLaren, not too far behind Mercedes. And I think Ferrari then behind McLaren. I think you're going to see McLaren and, uh, McLaren and uh, Ferrari fighting quite a lot. Um, it's early on, and I think probably throughout the season. I think that's pretty... Yeah, I'll go with that, yeah. Kiara, how about you? What are your expectations of this year? I am expecting different things. I hope that Ferrari pulls themselves together, obviously, because I am a Ferrari fan, but I also am a Lando fan. Not necessarily a McLaren fan, but a Lando fan. And I am actually expecting him to get his first win. I'm not entirely sure what Grand Prix I expect that in. I hope that I will be there to see that happen. Mm. But... I recently saw, I think it was from McLaren, they posted a picture of Lando, basically a graph of how many points he's earned throughout the seasons he's been in Formula One, and it was just consistently going up. So 
I think what he can just do is, well, now show us that he can win. And I think he can. Oscar was very promising last season as well. So I expect maybe both of them. It hurts me to say, actually, but I might have, I might have to agree with you both with the McLaren being ahead of Ferrari. I mean, as a person who wants to be a journalist in motorsport, I have to be able to remove that bias and see the reality. And I think that might actually happen. Unless, you know, Ferrari does pull themselves together and, you know, show us what they can do as well. If, But I doubt that. <laughs> I highly yeah. doubt that. And any other teams? How about Aston Martin? And what about some of the backmark backmarker teams? Or even like Williams, who, who showed some promise last year, especially with, Ooh, with Alexander Albon. I was Rubble. thinking about this. I was, well... If they can get their car to be equally as fast as it was on the straights, like on the long straights last season, and if they can get that consistency, I think they could, as a team, work better. I hope that Logan Sargent, because Alex Albon was doing the best he can with the car. I thought he did brilliantly. You know, he showed lots of maturity. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the season that Logan should start to show that he improved from that season i don't i don't want to say it was bad but it was bad that's just let's be honest here and say it just wasn't it so i hope that williams did make that right decision in keeping logan Sargent, and i hope that both of them could work as a team together and that also logan could you know get that best out of that car so that williams could be up there where they once were yeah, absolutely. I agree with 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 some of those things that both of all three of you have said. Actually, I, I'll give you my expectations from the season. Then I don't think Mercedes are going to come out the ball, uh, come out the gates as as fast as people are expecting. I really want them to. I really want them to. But from what it sounds like to me, is they're having a complete redesign of that car. They're basically throwing away the twenty twenty two and twenty three chassis completely, and just starting to scratch, starting from scratch. Unfortunately, I think that's going to at first be a bit negative for them and, and, and impact them in in a bad way. I don't think they've learned they learnt enough about the car over twenty two and twenty three. Because every week they'd say, Oh yeah, we, we know what we're doing now, it's all sorted. And then something else would happen and it, it and they just wouldn't catch up as much as they were saying that they were going to. So I just think they've learnt the wrong lessons over the last two years. So therefore I just don't think straight out of the gates that they're going to be very fast at all. I am hoping, however, that McLaren are, and they're the ones that are going to keep Red Bull honest. I think it will be closer, and I do think we'll have a lot more exciting races, and I don't think that Max will imitate his great performance last year of, of was it, how many wins? Was it 21 wins over the season? Yeah. I, I think it was, yeah. wasn't it in the end. How I don't think he can mimic think? that at all. Checo won twice. Yeah, so and, Carlos won, and Carlos won yeah. once. Oh, so 20, was it 20 wins then? It was 23 races with the cancellation, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, it was it was a lot. It was I don't but I, my main point is I don't think it will be mimicking that this year anyway. So I think it will be very interesting to to, to watch uh, in terms of how McLaren can attack and and take advantage of when maybe Red Bull have a, a slightly bad day, and they will happen. They ca they cannot be you know impenetrable for a very 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 you know for an impossibly long time you know we've seen it with you know ferrari of old we've seen it of mercedes you know of recent years so there's going to be flaws that they're going to come across there's going to be you know errors and mistakes made by the drivers and the teams and then hopefully mclaren can take advantage of that unfortunately i don't think they mclaren will win the season i do think that red bull will be there to to take the most points and of course max verstappen will be the champion in my mind this early on but I'm hoping other teams will, will will at least be able to give them a good good run for their money. Uh, Aston Martin, I'm expecting to come out the gates again quite quickly. I think Fernando Alonso said 
when he first joined the team, he wasn't expecting anything last year at all. He was expecting, you know, for it to, to, to be developed and be the next year where the Aston Martin will do well. So I'm hoping that his prediction was correct and he'll come into the team this year and show us really what that Aston is made of. Um, and hopefully he'll get at least on the podium and why not a win? That'd be great as well to see, see the old dog on the top step. I'm expecting Williams to do great in terms of Alexander Alban, but I do think he'll hand Logan Sargent his P45 by the mid-season. I cannot see Logan Sargent staying around for too long just because I just don't think he's... I don't, I don't think he was ready for the for Formula 1 at this point. I think it was too early to, to him, for him to move up. I think um, Williams saw that he was an American. Uh, everyone was clambering to have an American driver in their team and unfortunately the slim, slim pickings uh, that were you know, viable options. So I don't think he will last the whole season, unfortunately. But, you know, I I would like to be proven wrong because I don't think he's a bad person in terms of who he is. You know, he's a nice guy and I like to hear his interviews and that sort of thing. In terms of the French team, Alpine, I, I can't see them doing well either. They, they've just been so mediocre and, and bland. I just don't see. I also don't think they've got a great driver lineup in terms of that. They're, they're just very, very. It's kind of safe. They're very safe drivers that they've got. So in terms of you know mid range, they're not going to attack as as much as you want from your best drivers. So you know I, I can't see them doing well. Uh, and Haas, that, that prediction from Ayato, the new team principal. I I, I I'm just I'm. So I'm sorry, I just don't think that's very realistic at all. Any other teams that I should mention? I don't know. I, I think it's going to be very, very, very exciting for the battle for second place, as it has been for the last couple of years. First place is going to be a little bit trickier for Red Bull, but not impossible. And, and I think they will probably end up winning it as well. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on what I've said? Like, McKenna, what, have you, what are your thoughts on Hamish's opinions and Chiara's opinions and my opinions? Do you agree, disagree? Have you got any different opinions? Yeah, nothing too different. I mean, especially from like thinking about the perspective of a lot of the backmarker teams, you know, everyone has moved their way up. Williams has made a great investment. I think James Valves is doing really good things with Williams. And I think we'll continue to see that growth, you know, with Alvatari or Visa Cash App or whatever the heck you want to call them, them becoming more of a sister team now and in, you know, using a lot of components from Red Bull. I can see that helping them move their way up in the lineup and and who knows with stake Sauber, I mean, I, I almost feel like there's like throwing in the towel until they're Audi and we, you know, we see those regulation yeah. changes and then ticking over. Know, exactly. And it's like, it's almost like Haas is the only one that's not moving in a forward direction. So I, I think it's going to be really competitive for that second place title. And even some of the the midfield, I agree with you as well. I think Alpine, Alpine just, just floats. And I think that with all the new investors, I think it can be a beneficial thing. But I think as long as they still have the Renault power unit, I, I don't think that car is going to challenge much up front. Mm. I mean, at what Ocon had like seven DNFs or something like that, you know, <laughs> the season. I'm like, you're not going to, you're not going to score a lot of points when you got that many DNFs. So, yeah. Yeah. At least we'll see lots of celebrities coming from their paddock with paddock passes. So, oh, I mean, there's about Ryan 15. Reynolds. Yeah, there are the grid major exciting. celebrities. Yeah, so let, let's let's see their embarrassing grid walks with with Martin and see if he can actually get any sense out of them at all in terms of when it comes to talking about Formula One. 
anything anything else any, anyone else want to discuss any expectations from tw for the 2024 that we maybe haven't mentioned a team that we haven't mentioned let's let's read some of the comments actually oh michael brooks has said i love this girl you've just made my night and now i don't know who that was about that was, a, it was probably around about five six minutes ago so i may maybe i don't it was one of you girls it wasn't me anyway so you said something <laughs> that he agreed with Hopefully, maybe, I don't know, maybe something about Ferrari, because both of you are talking about Ferrari quite a bit. He's also said, I think this season will be much closer than last year. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. We, we, I mean, we've all got our fingers crossed for closer racing than last year, because they just ran away with it, Red Bull. Well, any others? I think this season, aerodynamic development will have a big say. That's what Munir has said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that is the key, isn't it? You know, they've got Adrian Newey, who... It's just a fantastic designer. He knows aero. He knows ground effect aero more than anyone because he did his dissertation in it, you know, 40 years ago or whenever it was. And he, he developed the first ground effect cars before they were banned, you know, late 80s, early 90s or whatever, whenever it was. So, yeah, they've all got some catching up to do. James Allison, you know, he's a great aerodynamicist. He he, he will be fa fantastic for the team in terms of you know the, the, the knowledge that he brings. Technical director, sorry, he's technical director. He, he'd hate me calling him just an aerodynamicist, but you know, he's, he's a technical director. He's, he's got the, the know-how he's coming. It's going to be his first fully designed car since, you know, his little absence away uh, from the team. So let's hope that he can bring uh, those skills back and the, the team back to the front, fighting for positions and, and, and podiums as well. The dark horse, Aston Martin. Yeah, that's from Manir again. Yeah, I think it's going to be they're going to be the dark horse. I think they'll come out of the gates strong. Uh, and With again, Lance? One driver will come out the gate strong. There we go. <laughs> Fernando Alonso. I think, yeah, I think Lance has a lot to prove this season. You know, he's shown a lot of like glimpses of greatness in the past i mean he's been in formula one for actually quite a while based off of his yeah. age but i think especially this past year with the the point scaps between him and alonso i think a lot of people are i feel like they just need to give him this year to see if he's gonna yeah definitely <laughs> it, it's gonna be his decision though isn't it let's be honest he's gonna have to make that decision do you know what dad I'm not performing what the way the team needs to be be performing i'm gonna have to step down because his dad's gonna say well you've got a seat for until you don't want to see it anymore, basically, because I just, I just, you know, the whole nepotism thing is is not going to go away. I don't know. I, I if I ha if I had billions of pounds and my son wanted to be a Formula One driver, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to buy you a Formula One. Well, so I don't you can't blame him. No, and that's the thing is a lot of people give him a lot of crap, and I get it. But it's like majority of the guys on the grid right now have parents that are worth millions and millions of dollars. So if you didn't have that money, you wouldn't be driving. So. Yeah. It, I mean, you can't look at any of these drivers and say their parents wouldn't do the same thing. And so I, I understand why he has a seat. I think there should be a definitive date on it. I, you know, he has a contract, but I don't think it just should be infinite. It's like literally the only number that we don't know when it mm. ends. And I just feel like that's a little unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, he's had a good few seasons. He's he's scored points where other people haven't. You know, he's beaten previous teammates at various points just He's just never going to set the world alight. I don't think he's never going to be a champion in the sport. I personally don't think. I, I like him uh, as a, a, you know, he he does okay. 
Right, we move on to the next topic. Champion of Champions. We've been running a competition on the Facebook page. We try it on other socials previously. It doesn't take off as much as it does on Facebook. So thanks, Facebook, because you, you guys, you're our audience that are most involved in, in the conversation. We love you over on Facebook. It's where we all started as well. So that's probably why you all join in so much. But yeah, Champion of Champions, we, we started it with a group stage, putting champions, all F1 champions, 34 of the F1 champions from history against each other in groups groups of four or five depending on how many you know the split the split that they were and there were some surprising results in the groups i was very surprised to see kimi raikkonen kimi raikkonen of all people come out of the the group stages they're showing a, quite clearly everyone loves his personality and there's a recency bias that won him over you know and he's the meme king as well isn't he himself so people like him because of that really i think i don't know necessarily that I would personally put him through to the final 16. But what do you think, uh, Hamish? Would you put Kimi Raikkonen in the final 16 of your Champion of Champions if you were doing a Champion of Champions for yourself? Or out of all time? Yes, in the top 16 for sure. I think Kimi, right. for me, Kimi's one of his drivers that was superbly quick on the day. I mean, if you were, to, you know, if, if I was to choose one driver in their prime to do one lap uh, at a track, I would choose Kimi Raikkonen in 2005, maybe, or Mika Hakkinen, maybe, one of those two. And I think, you know, when Kimi won his 2007 championship, it was a really close year, but it was well-deserved. So, yeah, I, I think he's, he's, a, he's, yeah, he's a deserved champion. If, if he's, you know, beyond to, no, top 10, I think that's when it gets a bit harder, and I, I don't think so. But I think you're right in saying his personality remakes it all. And, you know, when you, when you look at his career at home, I mean, he went off for what? He left 2009, went off did ice rallying and whatever else, came back with Lotus and smashed and it. Nearly bankrupted Lotus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's very rare for someone to leave F1 and come back and make such a monumentous return, really, because mm. he came back was immediately on podiums and winning races. And that that's really impressive. And yeah, I, I don't I don't think Kimmy should be taken his his career definitely should be one that should be overlooked. But his group, his group was so it was just full of absolutely brilliant world champions. Who, who he, was in this group? He, he was, was against like, he was against Jack Brabham, Alberto Ascari, and John Surtees. Did he beat all of them? Yeah, what? he was the winner uh, okay. of that group. That, yeah. I mean, it shows that that's the recency bias. Yeah, that's definitely re like I don't. Yeah, out of that group, I don't think he's better than any of them. And I don't mean out of the <laughs> way. I mean Ascari was just insane. Surtees <laughs> was, um, you know, I think, it, it, yeah, yeah. I would. <laughs> I think you're right in saying his recency. And I think there's a level of, especially when doing these things in the poll. You know, I don't know much about a lot of their careers. I know uh, a, a brief overview, but it's hard to know the int intricacies. So uh, knowing knowing Kimmy's career, it's much easier to make a judgment on it. I think. Um, uh, yeah, so I, th I think that that's probably yeah. I think you're right in saying that. But um, yeah, I think if I if I was to choose one for that lot, I'd probably choose Ascari. I just think you know, he, he was really at the beginning of F1 and was just uh, he had a really unfortunate crash off, so that was fatal. But you know, he was so impressive in the early days that I mean, yeah, I think he should. I think he's top five for me to be honest with you, just because he's yeah, yeah. But exactly, and that's why Kimi. Kimmy went through that, you know, they, that, that was that was a, a really tough group, I think, for Kimmy to get yeah, through. Really and he got through it, which is just... I saw the discussions, like I was reading that and I kept on, I think people also kept, kept on commenting recency bias. They all were insulting each other. <laughs> I, 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 each I respect other people's dumb. opinions. I, I completely respect people's opinions. I think opinions. you jumped in at some point as well. I think yeah, I, I did. I absolutely did. I was like, come on. I mean, he's <laughs> the, the thing is, he's against Lewis Hamilton now in the quarterfinals and, and he's actually beating Lewis Hamilton. Is so 
Yeah, he's currently beating Lewis Hamilton in the quarterfinals of the Champion of the Champions. And he's beating him by about 80 to 90 votes. Well, that was the last time I looked. It might even be more now. So I just think there'll be the Hamilton haters that are voting for that, obviously. Uh, and Kimmy does have a really strong following. I'm not putting his following down at all. But, you know, it's got to end at some point, hasn't it? I think it'll probably have to end in the semis, though, by the looks of things. It looks like he's going through uh, to the semifinals. Uh, when, when you look at this, are you looking at just the driver's skills or are you looking at a broader image? Because I would well, argue, if, like, if, if you're looking at like how they've added to Formula 1 on top of that, right? Mm. I, mean, that's, I think that's a really valuable factor. Like, just looking down, you mentioned Jackie Stewart versus Kimi Raikkonen. I mean, I would argue Jackie Stewart has had the biggest impact on Formula 1 out of any driver, purely from a, you know, due to how much he changed the safety of Formula One. Yeah. Uh, before him, Formula One was probably, it still is one of the most dangerous sports, but then it was pretty much, you know, you're having deaths every weekend. Yeah. Uh, and the way Jack Stewart brought safety into the sport is, you know, it's he's had such a huge impact that, yeah, that's mad that he, he you know, if you include all this stuff and even just Jack, the fact that Jackie is a monster world champion. Yeah. Uh, so what we say is... Uh, a champion of champions, it's your opinion. So you get to choose yeah. why you vote. Are you choosing because of the personality? Are you choosing because how good they are at driving? Are you choosing because of the stats? Yeah. Are you choosing for... you get It's everyone's each individual choice of how they vote for the champion of champions. But because of that, it does mean that, you know, you get these interesting results. And as I say, he saw off Jackie Stewart in the final 16, which he should never have done, in my opinion. Again, my opinion is wrong to people, to other people. I completely agree with that. You know, I, I'm I'm just right for me, you know? Yeah. The way I, I judge things. Agree. I would tend to agree that, you know, with Stewart as well. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think Kimmy's on the same level as him. And I think it, also for the fact that he's a multi... Did he win three? He's a three-time world champion, isn't he? For the fact he won three... Um, Stuart, yeah, 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 he won three, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I had to look at my phone really small then. I was yeah, like, no, I was thinking, I was trying to remember, but yeah, I mean, three-time world champion. I mean, you know, yeah, he's clear, a clear, a clear winner. The other surprise that I that I saw coming out of Group Group H was Nigel Mansell came through through that one, and he was against Ayrton. Ayrton Senna was the winner of that group. Graham Hill, and then we had Giuseppe Farina. Uh, and then Nigel Mansell in that group. And Nigel Mansell got through as the runner-up of that. So I was very surprised to see Ni old Nige, old Red Five, who made it through as a runner-up from the group. So, you know, that was a surprising result for me because I would, again, I'd have put Farina or Graham Hill through because Graham Hill's just, you know, he's done the Triple Crown, hasn't he? You know, and, and yeah. those those sorts of things and those sorts of achievements uh, is something I would personally vote somebody through for. Whereas Nige, although he did great in, you know, cart and whatever that, that he did that he partook in and he was a great driver really bland personality wise and people used to take the mick out of him but he was another surprise result for me going through the group through from the groups Kiara, have you been surprised about any? Have you been enjoying the uh, discussions that have been having uh, I've in the podcast? I've just been reading the discussions. I purposely wasn't looking at what was going on. I just, I honestly enjoyed people calling each other out, like, "Oh my god, you're so dumb! How can you do that?" And I enjoyed you jumping. And I think Oscar, who hasn't been on the podcast for quite some time now, but Oscar jumped in to support your comment as well. And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> who else is going to jump in now?" I was waiting for Coops to join. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, as I say, I respect everyone's opinions, but it it was not how well, I. Not everyone. Expected. Not everyone wrote with respect. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean these are oh, these are always very emotion emotive discussions, aren't they? Because everyone's going to have their favorite. Everyone's going to have their you know you know the the the, the person that they hate. They don't really dislike, so they'll just vote for the other person, even though you know in terms of a 
a driver and the the, the statistics behind them could completely outweigh one and the other. But you know who's doing re- really well and who will always do really well? Ayrton Senna and Michael Schumacher. I have you no put doubts. Schumacher next to Fetha. I That's the only one I saw. And I was like, how can you do this to I me? I didn't do it was the seeding that I did know, it. I didn't personally I do it. It was, it was the way that I, was like, I how seeded it all properly. And... Do this to me. It's mental how much Vettel, sorry, Schumacher beat Vettel, though. Like Schumacher, you know, deservedly so. But like I thought it'd be a lot closer. Like people seem to really, really prefer Schumacher. I think I look at it now, we at 1.1k, like I don't know, he caught emotes on the bottom. And what Schumacher got 168, while Vettel only got 250. That's a mm. big gap. I'm surprised by how large that is. I mean, I think Vettel, I, I think that what that says to me is how Vettel finished his career has clearly had an impact on how people view him. And I think that that's quite interesting because your legacy matters so much. And, you know, will Vettel's legacy now be, you know, Ferrari rather than possibly Red Bull? Well, that is that how we, we will remember him? That's true. Uh, we're, in the, we're into the quarterfinals now and we had... Uh, louder against Fangio. Oh, that was hard. That's go. That's going. That's going now. That's going towards louder. Actually, in terms of the ability now. Rightfully so. Yeah, I, I completely. It's a really difficult one. Actually, it's really, really hard to, to separate them. That, that's probably one of the closer quarterfinals for me because it is that you know they're just two massive. I mean, he Fangio was like the Godfather. He, he you know he won five championships in seasons where people were dying left, right, and center. He did it in four different constructors' cars. You know, he he is obviously the Godfather of of the F one and and just just dominated for a very long time. Uh, but then you've got you know Nicky Lauda who was in went into a ball of flames at the Nurburgring and you know came back racing you know a few races later. You know th- that's like. Hollywood story that we've seen in the film Rush, it, it just doesn't, you know, it, 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 it doesn't compute uh, in my mind how somebody can be so brave and so fantastic. So I can see why he's winning, but it is a really close call with, you know, going going up against Fangio. But we're going to be running that for the rest of the month uh, and in the start into the start of February. Please get involved on our socials. We love uh, just hearing your opinions. Even if we disagree with them, we will respect the fact that you have them. Right, last one, last discussion that I want to uh, ha- have a chat about, uh, and it was a statement made by Bernie Eccleston that Max would be winning even if he was in a McLaren, a Ferrari, or a Mercedes from last year. <sighs> I don't know how those cars at varying points have been a bit bit rubbish, but Bernie Eccleston, being Bernie Eccleston, likes to stoke the fire and say controversial things. McKenna, do you know anything about this chap called Bernie Eccleston, and do you, do you agree or disagree with what he's saying? Yes, I know a little bit about his history. I would I would agree in the sense that I think Max would be able to get a couple wins. I right. I just don't think one it would have been as dominant, you know, compared to him drawing in the RB19. And also are we going to put another if you if you really envision it like are we going to put another really competitive person in the second RB19 car and have him race, you know, in a Ferrari or in a McLaren or in a Mercedes? I think that's important too because yeah. you know, nothing against Checo, but obviously he wasn't really challenging Max either. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he could distract a couple wins, but I, nowhere near as dominant and, you know, 30 20 second leads that we were seeing in the RB19. Hey, Mish, what were your thoughts when you heard that or have you only just heard that? I've only just heard that. It just makes me, it reminds me of how fucking old Bernie is now. Come on. <laughs> like, like, yeah, Max is great. No denying. He's one of the best drivers everyone's, well, arguably ever seen. And he's, you know, he's very talented, but he's not winning the Mercedes. I think like 
if Hamilton can't, no, this might be controversial. I think if Hamilton can't, I don't think Verstappen can either. I think they're very on par. Um, mm. And it's it's a discredit, I think, what Bernie's saying to Hamilton, because what he's saying is Verstappen is better, because what he's saying is Hamilton can do it, but Verstappen could. Um, and I think the same goes for Lando and Oscar. I think Oscar less so, but I think like Lando has given it his all. And Lando's had many opportunities to win it, um, but he's just not been able to because the car's not been there. I think Max mm. has that bit more than Lando does now, but no, I don't think he'll be winning. I think, oh, winning the championship at least. I think he might have an opportunity to win here and there. I think he might take the opportunities that Mercedes, McLaren and Ferrari all missed. Well, Ferrari actually didn't, but I mean, especially Mercedes and McLaren. But no, he's not winning the championship in either of those cars. And uh, like, I, I think that's like a credit to Adrian Newey and Red Bull. You know, mm. I think it shouldn't be, like it shows how great and, and strong they've been. And, you know, it's no, it's not taken away from them. It's not all Max. And I think that's what's important. It's also yeah. Red Bull and it's how good they are. And simply just saying it's, it's all Max, I think that's not fair to the team, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It's someone just to put Bernie back in his box, you know, back in his care home and roll him away because he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I think McKenna actually hit the nail on the head that that by Max being in the other car, that leaves a vacant seat in the Red Bull. So if there's a vacant seat, is he taking over? Say Max takes over Lewis Hamilton's seat. Does that mean Lewis Hamilton is in that Red Bull it's a dominant car. He's going to do well. You know, yes, the car's designed around Max, but Lewis Hamilton himself has proven that he's a very adaptable person. And I think he could win a car, win, win in the Red Bull that they had last year quite easily as well. I think you put you put any of the top drivers within that Red Bull team, you know, such as Charles Leclerc, Lewis Hamilton, you know, Fernando Alonso even uh, in that RB19, you would have seen them winning the the races last year just because it's such a dominant car. Kiara, did you have an opinion on the Bernie Eccleston situation, the comments? Not really. I just saw it and like brushed it away. And now that I think about it, I'm just like, I'm so over people just saying, oh, Max will win in that car. Max will do this and Max will do that. Because frankly, I'm just overseeing Max. Mm. Jumping on a bit, I was quite happy with the Formula E because that was the first time I've heard the German national anthem in a long, long, <laughs> long time. So I sat there and I was able to sing the words. Yeah, because we've got such an interesting one. So we as well as wasn't sung at all last year uh, on the on the podium. Shame, never mind, day. But yeah, okay. Well, I think we've pretty much summed all the all the key news articles that have been floating around the paddock for the last few uh, weeks. I don't. Has anyone got any other stories that they want to discuss? Hamish, Kiara, McKenna. Just going to say, anyone seen the comments about Perez shipping off the Formula E? There's been a lot of chat about links with him. And, I've uh, seen those. Yeah, I think the, yeah. the I forgot who it was. I think it was like the CEO of Formula E or one of the main people in it. He so he said something quite funny, uh, saying that he should come to Formula E because it's a more competitive season. So it's a more competitive series, which I thought was quite funny. But yeah, I think, I, I don't think that's impossible. I could I could see him. You know, I think, you know, talking about what we're saying earlier, Lance, I think silly season is going to be mental this year. I think it's been really calm last season. I think it was just dwelling, but I can see several drivers this year not being in it next year. So, And there's lots of contracts coming up for renewal at the end of the year as well. So oh, yeah. that it, it will stoke the fires of silly season, definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I don't know, anyone got any, I don't know, thoughts on Perez shipping off to, to Formula I, I could see that. I think that's quite a good move, actually, for him. You know, it's it's a great, it is a great series. I don't watch it all the time, but I, the ones I do watch, they're very competitive. It's very, very entertaining to watch. And I can see him being there, you know. It, it'll be. I think he'd be a, an asset to Formula E, absolutely. Kiara? 
I could totally see it happening. I'm not entirely sure which team he would go to just yet. That's still something I'm trying to figure out as you know, because I'm still going along the lines of Formula E as well, because that's very new to me. But I think Checo, I mean, I don't want to say that Formula E isn't as competitive, but I feel like the competitiveness in Formula E isn't as cutthroat as Formula One. So mm, there's that yeah. maybe that environment would fare much better with Checo. Less pressure. Exactly. There is, I would, well, we can't really say that, but I, I just think that, that, that there's less pressure. We'll see what we'll see what goes on throughout the season because we already had one race that's cancelled. I think that was supposed to be going on this weekend. So right. I think Hyperbad was cancelled. And yeah, so now we've got a break and we'll see what happens throughout the next few races. But there was this thing with Mahindra where Nick DeVries now is, mm. where they did do the AI influencer. And I wanted to ask McKenna how she felt about that because it wasn't like a mascot or anything. They created an AI female influencer. Yeah, I think the overwhelming feedback was, why didn't you just hire a female to work you know, <laughs> within the team? Um, Most people will do anything not to hire a woman. <laughs> exactly. And that was all the comments. And so, and, you know, I think the good thing that Mahindra did was, you know, two or three days later, they're like, oh, crap, like this probably wasn't the best way for us to go about this. We're, we're going to take a step back. And I think there's a lot of good things that AI can bring, but I don't think in the sense of replacing someone, I think it should aid in, you know, research and R&D, especially for, you know, if you want the growth of the sport, because I think there's a lot of room for growth in Formula E, especially because they go, you know, and race in some countries that Formula One doesn't. But yeah, to just be like, ah, let's just make up a female instead of finding a qualified one. And content creation and you know social media and and, you know that behind the scenes influencers all about creativity and and, and it is showing behind the scenes like what do the fans want and you know what is this ai person doing are they creating the content and pretend you know is it just a program so yeah i think that i think that was a little a little wonky and kiara and i were talking about a little bit it was just like okay this was a mistake i wrote i didn't realize but the article i wrote about that was 10 minutes long like a 10 minute read (laughs) <laughs> I, think, I think I was quite mad when I was writing that. As a woman who's trying to get into the sport herself, yeah, I could see why it would, would grind your gears. Absolutely. I was like, 10 uh, minutes. Oh, my God. But speaking <laughs> of Nick DeVries, I actually i am just checking right now where he ended up. He placed 15th in the first like, in the opener in Mexico City. Confidence knocked. He'll build that up as he goes throughout the season, I think. That's yeah, much I think better it's... than where he was in Formula One, if you think about it. So. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he started. I think he started twenty first or twenty or twenty first. Like he he didn't qualify very well, but I think it's going to take him a little bit to get used to driving the FE car and getting more comfortable. I think throughout the season he'll make some improvements. I don't think we're going to see him win it. I would love to see him win it just because he had such a hard time in in Formula One, and you know a lot of people talked a lot of you know crap about him and I can imagine that's not very good for your ego especially yeah. when you make it to the pinnacle of Formula One so I hope to see him do really well but he's not as what with as good a team as he was when you know he won a couple seasons ago yeah he absolutely. seems happier so I'm all for it yeah the pressure the pressure does some does it to some people doesn't it it doesn't doesn't gel well with their personality with their driving style all those sorts of things you know they need that relaxed atmosphere and he's going to have that in what he probably calls his home anyway he look he looks a lot more comfortable within the formula e world and you know more power to him and hope he has a win at least this season i like him he was a nice guy he just unfortunately stepped foot in 
the Red Bull house and, and it, it's not a very pleasant place sometimes. But yeah, good luck to him. I think electric racing is going to be so interesting to watch in the next five years because I think actually it's all backtracking. I think people are fully investing and now going, oh, hang on a second, let's pull back. I think extreme E is now becoming extreme H. Uh, yeah, but the hydrogen. Yeah, with hydrogen. Mm-hmm. WEC and IMSA, I think, are going into more hydrogen-based racing. And yeah, I think I think what we're seeing here is a change in how we think sustainable fuels might be or how how we might use, you know, yeah, how our cars might be in the future. And I think that's what's interesting about Formula E. I think it has to prove right now why we need to invest in electric over hydrogen. And also, I'm, 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 I'm not saying this is only UK-based, so this is from a UK citizen and how we watch it. But the fact is behind a paywall now, TNT, I think that's going to affect the sport as well. And if it can prove that still behind a paywall, still gets the same numbers in the UK at least, um, that's going to be interesting for the future of sport as well. I don't um, know. I think, I think it was a bad move putting it behind a paywall. I think, it's, I think it's a really bad move. I think being free, it made me watch it because I was like, I have no reason not to. Yeah. Now I have no reason to watch it, do you know, because mm. you're not going to pay that much. And it's, not, it, it's not even like it's on Sky Sports, so the F1 fans will watch it. You know, it's, it's an additional you know, sports streaming service that people are going to have to sign up individually to that they probably wouldn't have signed up to previously. Yes. Uh-huh. I get to watch it for free on TV. Yeah, it's it's like 30 quid for the UK citizen to watch it. And like with F1, it's like, okay, fine, I'll pay that. Because it's F1, it is the pinnacle of motorsport. You're like, fine, that is worth the toll. Formula is not. And that that's what's depressing. Oh, it's coming to um, German free TV as well. Is it? I'm jealous. Yeah, because I had a, I had a lecture at uni with a person who is a Formula One journalist and works for RTL, which is a German oh, yeah, yeah. channel. And they're gonna do they're gonna do free practice, qualifying, and Sunday all for free. Yeah, we it's it's, it's sad. I, I don't know what it's like in America. How's how's streaming out there for Formula E? Yeah, it's we use Roku, and so like another streaming server thing that you buy for your TV that which costs money. But the the neat thing is if you sign in and make an account like on a mobile, so like on my iPad or phone, you can watch it for free, but you can't like, unless you have a Roku account, you can't do it like on your computer. So you can like, you know, stream it to the t- TV or I just sit on my couch and watch it on my iPad. Mm. Uh, so at least I can have something, but I'm like, at least I can actually watch it and, you know, take notes and be able to talk about it. But it's like, okay, if it's, if I can pull it up on my iPad, like, why can't we just make it make it count for free and put it on my tv like what's the difference it's just a little yeah. bit smaller so yeah i agree i think if they want to expand the likeness of the sport i think they should make it free especially with the f1 fans growing especially out here you know in the u.s and we're in this dry spell of you know wanting to see some motorsport and for yeah it was, it was the perfect available. time to just keep it free i mean it, it let's be honest it's still still very young still i wouldn't say it's in its infancy still because it's been going for quite a few years now but it's still young uh, in terms of a motorsport and the audience isn't as big as they i'm sure want it keep it free until you get over that threshold and then start charging people but i mean this tnt i've never even heard of this sport this streaming network for for sport Uh, it's just bt it's it's straight up bt sport i've never got 
esport. So yeah, it's, you know, it has sort of certain Premier League games, things like this. So there's some benefits if you like other sports, but I mean, I think as most GP as well, for example. Right. Um, but I don't think anyone's going to be buying a Formula E. And they're not even advertising at TNT. They're not advertised as a main sport to watch it. Which mm. is enough. I mean, it's a background thing for them. But it shouldn't be that way. And they need to... Motorsport is having a great bubble right now. We're having blockbuster films. about having the biggest attention the sport's had, I would say, in my lifetime. You know, and they need to capitalise on that. And you're not going to capitalise on that behind a paywall because you're not going to get the viewership. And I think that's what's sad for, for the sport. And I think when you try and do something so unique and innovative, innovative as well, it's, you know, you can't be showing behind paywalls and expect people to tune in, you know? So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree there. Any other topics before I wrap this bad boy up? Nope. Okie dokie. So I will wrap it up then. Thank you very much for those of you that tuned in on Facebook Live. We really appreciate the comments uh, and in statements. We love it when you disagree with us. We love it when you agree with us. We love it when you just get involved, basically. So thank you very much for popping along uh, and watching us live on Facebook. Uh, we are going to be editing this down overnight. I will be editing this down overnight and I'll get it onto the streaming networks tomorrow. We are Everything F1. You can find us on all our social platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Threads. See how I put that second for you, Kiara? We're on TikTok, YouTube, and whatever it's called nowadays over there on X slash Twitter and Instagram as well. Follow us on all of our socials to get all of our content. There'll be different things going on throughout the year on the different platforms because we've got more people, more young people to take over those network, those social networks that I have no idea about because I'm old. So yeah, get yourself on those social networks. If you are on there, follow us and interact with everything that we've put out there as well. It would really, really help us and we would really appreciate it too. We are also on our website, www.everythingf1.com, for all of your news articles, breaking news stories, and everything that you want to know about the Formula One world and hopefully the wider motorsport community too. We are also sponsored by the raceworks.com. We would love it if you'd head over there and spend your merchandise money on that website specifically, because when you do, it helps us out too. We get a little kickback from them as well. So that helps us keep our show running as well. We would also love if you hit the subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming service to get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. And if you give us a five-star review, we will also give you a shout-out on one of our future episodes. So that's all from me, James Tiller from the Everything F1 team. And, of course, my team, myself, Hamish, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me again. And thank you very much, Kiara. Thank you. And thank you very much to newbie McKenna. Of course. Thanks for allowing American to be a part of the team. <laughs> Absolutely. We need, we, we've got another American that pops on every now and again. So we'll have to get you both on together at the same time. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. And um, we hope to see you more throughout the season uh, as well. Uh, but thank you very much. We'll speak to you next week where we'll discuss, I don't know, we haven't decided yet, but we'll discuss something Formula One way, Formula One A. So we'll see you there on Facebook and of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye.